Hi, I'm Jake Parker, and this is my podcast, Beyond Fit. My goal is to help you live a happier and healthier life by providing actionable knowledge and advice about a wide range of health and fitness topics, as well as self-improvement. If you want to find out more about me, visit my website, jake-parker.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi guys, this is Jake Parker with the Beyond Fit podcast, which I almost just called the What's Your Story podcast because that's what it was for a long time. Uh, The first time Max was on here, it was probably one of my first 20 episodes at least. Um, I had met him through Instagram, uh, one of the people whose content I like the most who actually, um, like I mentioned to him before, drove me to start putting out my own content. And uh, so when I saw that he had been very busy lately putting out his ebook called Never Diet Again, I thought it would be a good excuse to have him back on the podcast, um, talk about the book a little bit, shoot the shit, kind of talk about uh, the different sort of stuff we're up to as far as things we align with, uh, nutrition and training. But not only that, Max is um, a big self-improvement guy. He's into uh, reading, stuff like that that I'm interested into. So without further ado, I'll let Max say hi, and if he wants to start out kind of the idea behind his book and what that whole thing looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Jake. Uh, So I guess I'll start by just saying, like you said, I just released my first nutrition ebook, uh, Never Died Again. Kind of a clickbaity title, but I definitely did so intentionally, just in Mm -hmm. that, as you and I kind of know flexible dieting and the approach of focusing on calories and macronutrients and also just being flexible and actually sustainable with your approach to eating and making progress with your physique and with your health is kind of, I mean, in my opinion, it's the only way to go unless you have Mm -hmm. some kind of pre-existing health issues that uh, require some extra, you know, restriction in some sense. Mm -hmm. But for most people, it just feels like it's the most logical approach and it's the one that won't keep you from going out to the bar, going out for meals and, and feeling like you are going to go crazy because there's only so many options on the menu. Like these are just such normal people issues. And so I'd say my main goal in writing this was to address things like that, make sure people understand not only how you can lose fat, build muscle, change your physique intentionally, but also how you can do those things and fit them into your current lifestyle and not Mm -hmm. drastically change the things you're doing on a day-to-day week-to-week basis. Because if you're going about weight loss or weight gain from a perspective of just jumping on a plan and trying to make some extreme change, I'm I'm sure you're the same way. It's I've never seen that actually work in the long term Mm -hmm. for anybody. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's exactly the thing. Like there's, there's some sort of stat out there where it's like, uh, something as far as like the high nineties, like maybe 95% of people or something like that. Um, if they get on like a crash diet, yeah, it works right away, but most people end up gaining back, uh, the weight that they lost or more. And I think that's due to a handful of things, but one of the biggest things is definitely just that when you're in one of these crash diets, it, it, uh, has some form of restriction where you're not eating something that you enjoy or holding back from something, you know, whether it be, an activity associated with food or something like that. And then once you get off the diet, you're, you're back in that old mentality. And so you go back to your own ways, um, but probably even overindulging more because um, like that word I mentioned, uh, restricting yourself, the right. fact that you restrict yourself only leads you to 
overindulge more once you get off your diet. That's why I think the whole diet culture, it's, it's, I, I go back and forth with it because I definitely don't believe that diets are the way, but I think that it is, it is, well, one positive thing I take from it is like, it's positive that people do want to live a healthier life and want to change themselves. But I just wish that it was um, more common for people to go about that in a lifestyle change sort of way and not in a diet sort of way, like you talk about. Right. It's tough because yeah, like you said, I obviously respect when somebody is taking an active step to try mm -hmm. and change their life for the better, change their body and their health. But it's, I think the people themselves are partially to blame and that most of the time people going for those options aren't really doing their research, aren't really uh, actively seeking out the most logical option. Usually it's they want the fastest or they want the most effective option uh, in the short term. But, you know, I, I have a tough time blaming people in those scenarios completely just because there is so much misinformation out there. And I kind of like to phrase it like if you want to find the right information about how to positively change your body for the long term, you almost have to just stumble upon the information from mm -hmm. the right person. You can get yeah, just as unlucky for as sure. you can lucky. That's that totally 100% resonates with like what happened to me because I, I've, I've told people before, like the, the gist of like what got me kind of launched into like the space I'm in now is just finding Mike Matthews work and reading uh, bigger, leaner, stronger and delving in all of his blogs and stuff like that. Because he was, he was the first person who I found that was really all about sustainability and that lifestyle. It was not about just pushing uh, a supplement or a quick fix, you know, a quick diet, a quick uh, workout plan. And I don't know, I, I've had this conversation so much lately. It's something I battle so much with in, in like helping people create that lifestyle because I can, I, 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 I feel like I can kind of forget how hard it was for me to switch over just because it's so relatively easy to sustain once you, once you adopt that lifestyle, but it's really hard to really get the wheels turning and really uh, invest in yourself enough to, to gain that knowledge and education to carry yourself for the rest of your life. But I think that's also a high point to look to where it's like, you know, a diet can be fleeting, obviously, like you try keto, like people know keto can work, but for a lot of reasons, it's not sustainable. And so that's one of those diets where people rebound hard off it. But if you adopt these principles you can use for the rest of your life, you, even if you do go off the rails a little bit um, for a period of, you know, a few weeks, a few months or whatever, knowing what's going to get you back is very powerful and knowing that whatever um, you want to achieve as far as your body and your goals is attainable, uh, is a very powerful knowledge. Definitely. And it's so tough because when we're selling a product or trying to, you know, earn revenue from doing this professionally, it's like not at all sexy to be like, mm -hmm. here's the knowledge you need to make this change. Like nobody mm -hmm. sees that and is instantly like sucked in. And it's, it is the, the crazy instant change diet products mm -hmm. and these extreme workout plans that do make the most revenue and get the most attention. But I mean, fortunately, I, I guess there are not to toot our own horns, but I, I'm glad there mm -hmm. are people like you and me out there who For sure. are willing to just put out the right information at whatever cost that is just to make yeah. sure that people are yeah, always. Yeah. And I'm stuff. thinking about Mike Matthews again, like something that I've heard him say on like podcasts or something like that. Uh, he's like, he's like, it's hard to sell that you need to work hard for two to three to four years 
and then you have something you could sustain for the rest of your life. Like that's not as sexy as losing 30 pounds in two months or whatever, but that's right. what people, that's what's going to be countless times more beneficial in the long run. And I think it kind of transcends to all areas. That's, that's one of the main reasons I love fitness is because I feel like the lessons really do transcend to like the rest of your life where if you, if you are able to focus on the long term over the short term, you're going to see so many benefits. Just like I've seen you uh, talk about like saving money and investing before. Like that's one of those things where the long term mindset is really all you need to be you know, a hundredfold better than, than the next person who right. is doing day trading or something like that. If you want to think of like a quick example, but I think if I could somehow, you know, wave a magic wand and instill like some version of thinking over, over more people in the world, it would just be focus on the long term as opposed to the short term. Definitely. And I, uh, I actually just finished an audio book on this kind of topic. I've been like plugging this book everywhere mm -hmm. shamelessly because it, it was so good. Uh, have you ever read Atomic Habits by James Clear? No, I want to. I got that book for my brother actually for Christmas. And so my plan was to read it once he's done, but I don't even know if he's cracked the first page yet. So <laughs> Will, you better finish that book if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of my new favorites just because that's one of the main he, he talks about like, not just the concepts behind behavior change, but mm -hmm. actionable steps you could actually take towards making changes like that. And so one of the main things he talks about is how when you're implementing a habit, you need some kind of short term reward because mm -hmm. the habits you really want to build will mainly be beneficial in the long term, as opposed to like smoking a cigarette or binging on junk food. Like those mm -hmm. are obviously built for short term reward. So just something like, like I didn't even know this was why I did it until after, but I'm sure you've probably seen on my story. I like always plan out my day and do it mm -hmm. in the form of a checklist so that as I do things, I can physically check it off. And that alone just acts as some kind of instant gratification mm -hmm. for whatever habits I'm, I'm doing and crossing off my list. And I think that's just such a huge factor is like you said, it, the things that are the right things to do aren't always the most instantly gratifying and usually they're mm -hmm. the least instantly gratifying, but just coming up with some way to make them feel that way in the short term makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It is, it is really tough to try to fight past like our primal urge to just chase the, you know, that dopamine, like we get it everywhere. We get it from going on social media. We go, we get it from, you know, watching Netflix. We get it from, you know, eating shitty food from, jerking off from like whatever it is it's like people just want to just get that instant hit and it's so accessible there's an ancestral part of us that's it's like the example of i mean i'm sure you've heard some version of this like our ancestors that they found berries in the woods they would just gorge on those berries because it's something sweet it's something nutritious they don't they wouldn't know when their next food is going to be and we can still take that same mindset to if you just want to talk about eating in the modern context we want to eat as much as we can because our bodies haven't necessarily like evolve to understand how plentiful food is and like store that knowledge in our brain, I guess. So that's another, another area where you have to like look at your thinking really. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's it's, I think you would definitely love this book because mm -hmm. I, I already thought in this kind of way, but now mm -hmm. that I have like so much more, I guess, specific knowledge behind it, I will catch myself doing like the stupidest shit just mm -hmm. in the moment, just being like, 
almost like mindlessly just because it's so much of our behavior is just mm. unconscious. Focusing on awareness is definitely important too. Like that's something that I've been doing a lot of yoga and meditation recently. And a lot of that has helped me try to find more awareness where it's not even necessarily about changing yourself, but as long as you're noticing yourself, that's a good step in the right direction. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. I'm, I'm actually curious because meditation is something I, I love in concept and I tried to actually mm -hmm. put it into practice like last year and I couldn't really get into a rhythm with it. And I know it does mm -hmm. kind of fall into those guidelines of more long-term gratification than mm -hmm. instant, but I'm curious uh, what your approach is usually to mm -hmm. meditation. Yeah, it's hard. Like I, I, like I tell people I meditate, but honestly, it's probably like two or three days a week. I mean, sometimes I'll get in like a good groove. In a perfect world, I would do it every day. But it's just like, it's one of those things where, for me, I think the thing that I found most important is to try to do it first thing in the morning, because that's when you're like, before you check your phone, before you get up and, you know, start your day, because once you get in that groove, it, it, it is gonna be more easily it's going to more easily seem like something that's going to derail you even though you can tell yourself it's not it's hard to be like okay these next 20 minutes are for meditating in the middle of the day whereas like first thing when you wake up if you say these first 20 minutes of my day are for meditating it seems a lot more accessible so that's when i've had the most success with it and uh sense. something i've wanted to yeah. try more that i've only tried a couple times is like group meditations where mm -hmm. you just go and sit with other people because the thing about that is like there's kind of a sense of accountability where like right. these people are working hard and so they expect me to work hard too. You know what I mean? Whereas like when yeah. you're just by yourself, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's more of just an internal individual thing. Right. So I that, would encourage people yeah. to try that if they have trouble with it. I love that idea. I, uh, that was such a big thing for me is like you said, checking my phone, like first mm. thing in the morning and I've mm -hmm. on the topic of, breaking behavior change as opposed to building it that's something i've struggled with but also am becoming more successful with slowly so like for mm -hmm. me i because a lot of my business is on instagram but also mm -hmm. obviously instagram is a social uh connective platform i find myself always just crossing that line between i just got to respond to some dms for 20 minutes yeah, and then exactly. end up being on for an hour just scrolling through doing nothing like paying attention mm -hmm. to shit that doesn't matter so i mean an example of what I've done to like break that I've literally moved Instagram into a folder on, it was like right within reach of my thumb on the home page mm -hmm. of my phone. And I moved it into a folder on the second page and labeled it with like little emojis of a guy mm -hmm. uh, breathing and then like X three. And so mm -hmm. whenever I go to use Instagram now, I like force myself to do three deep breaths first. And just oh, that God. alone is usually enough of a delay to at least half the time I would say, force me to be like, okay, there was no reason I was actually mm -hmm. in it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's literally just made to be addicting. It is so addicting. It's like, I, it's, it's another thing where it's weird because I, I have the awareness where like, I understand that these apps are, are built to be addictive. And like, I understand that, you know, likes and stuff like that and notoriety online doesn't really have any true value. But like, I still chase that and it still feels good to like, oh, like, let's go see you like my picture. Like, let's go see who's DMing me on Instagram or whatever. Right. Um, it's easy to get caught up in that. And so I, I like that example of I've definitely done similar things. Like I'll end up deleting Instagram a lot of times, like for the day, if it's like six o'clock and I'm like, I've kind of been on here all day. Like I just want to relax for the rest of the day and delete it. I'll re-download it in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but the most useful thing I do 
is just, and I've been doing this for like almost a couple of years now. And it's made a huge difference. I feel like is just charging my phone outside of my bedroom and trying to spend yes. the first like half hour to an hour of the day, not being on my phone. So that's a I, big thing. That's so funny. You say that. Cause I literally do the same thing as of mm-hmm. probably like four or five months ago, but mm-hmm. I, it seems so hard at first when you aren't used to it just cause you, you do feel like you're going to miss out if the phone isn't mm-hmm. right next to you. But I mean, I would find myself in the middle of the night checking to see if I have any messages from clients, mm-hmm. see if anybody like commented on my picture and it's, exactly. it's like toxic. And so just having it n- like a, just spending the time away from it is huge, but mm-hmm. especially spending that time away while I'm supposed to be resting and like recovering mm-hmm. and recharging for the next day. It's like crucial. And yeah. I am still working on in the morning trying to delay the time before I actually check it. Cause mm-hmm. no matter how urgent I think stuff is going to be, I, always check it and it's like nothing Mm, exactly yeah and the other thing it's kind of like you just mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago where like you you get on for one purpose and then you wind up spending you know like inordinate amount of time doing something else like this morning I literally got on my email to check I don't even remember it probably wasn't super necessary but I was checking something on my email and I got uh, an email like from my bank about my about my bank statement and it was like one of those things I kind of like, Oh, well this could be important. So I spent like 10 minutes looking into it. And then I looked into a bunch of other stuff, you know, like you just get down a rabbit hole and it's so easy with the internet where this is the first time ever in our lives where you have such an accessible array of like anything you want to look up or read or watch Where like in the past, if you look at even just like when our parents were this age, you know, they were, they could read books, they could talk to their friends, they could, you know, watch a few things on TV, but it wasn't just like, I could literally get on the internet and watch whatever movie has probably ever been put out. I can read, you know, anything that's ever been written. I can find out any, you know, pr- pretty much anything I want to find out. It's just like an endless rabbit hole of stuff you can delve into. Right. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. Uh, what do you find? Do you find that Instagram for you is the most distracting platform or channel or mm. Yeah, I would say so just because Instagram's the only, I used to like Twitter a lot and I still get on Twitter a little bit, but um, Instagram's the only app that I always have on my phone. Um, another, I guess you could call it tip is like, uh, I when I do get on Twitter, I get on it on my browser. So it's a little less like smooth. So it kind of gives you that um, more of like a break to like stop and think about how much time you're spending on it, where the app is like built to be extremely smooth. And right. I've kind of done that with Instagram too, but the, the browser version of Instagram doesn't have like DMS and a couple other of like the relevant features. Yeah. So you, there's actually a, uh, and I don't know if you would call it an app or not, but it's like, it's a plugin, I guess that you can use for Chrome. And so I have my DMS on mm-hmm. there. So a lot of the oh, times. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's for the better, but mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, true. yeah, I, I guess I won't usually like go on the platform itself online, but a lot of the times I'll try to, if, if I'm trying to separate like the work from play and, and stay off the app itself and just respond to messages that has been helpful for me to just mm-hmm. respond to what I need to respond to, not really be able to yeah. get out. Cause if you, that. it's just another one of those things like you jump on your reply to someone and you're like, Oh, you see this post. And then you go look at these three other posts and then like, just so easy exactly. to get lost and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been trying to, like, I feel like the other biggest thing with phones is just using it to, kind of escape boredom like the classic example is just like picking it up when you're at the line when you're in line at the store and so I've been trying to kind of scale back on that it's another one of those things where 
noticing is very powerful. Like you, how you said, how you have the, the block to your Instagram mm-hmm. uh, to just like stop and think about it. What I, what I have been trying to do, I haven't been as great about it lately, but is just like when I do have the compulsive urge to just get on my phone, at least get on like my Kindle or my, uh, it's called Feedly. It's like a place where I keep all my blogs. And so at least I'm reading and not just kind of t- fiddling away time. Yeah, I don't do that like as much it. as I, as much as I wish I could, but it's a good <laughs> block, I guess. No, I like that. If, if it's going to be so behavioral and so habitual, it mm-hmm. might as well benefit you in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, For sure. One thing I thought you might find kind of interesting. Uh, have you ever watched the show Mad Men? No, I haven't. So my girlfriend and I have been like obsessed with the show for the past couple months. We watch shows really slowly, but mm-hmm. they, in the show, like it's such a huge window into like the fifties and sixties. And you really see how prominent smoking was back then mm-hmm. and how like mm-hmm. anytime there somebody is alone in a room or it feels a little bit nervous or mm-hmm. fidgety, they'll like break out a cigarette. And I almost like came to this epiphany. It's like, that's exactly it's like our phones. phones. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like a, a fidget or something to do something to not be bored because of and it mm-hmm. like back then it's like not that that was any better than what we do now is probably worse on a mm-hmm. nat level but you know they were just kind of fidgeting they're not actually like out of the moment with phones it's like yeah. literally a, a black hole it's an attention sucker mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah that's funny principle. like I remember, I remember uh, my uncle quit smoking, like it was quite a while ago now, maybe like 10 years ago. And I remember like my dad commenting on the fact that he, he was like, it's not even necessarily that he is so like in love with smoking or likes the feeling, but it's just the fact that it's such a habit for him now, just like right. you know, putting the cigarette to his mouth, lighting up the cigarette, like the feeling, the smell. That's, that's how it is with a lot of different stuff in our life. It's like, are you really... I mean, obviously cigarettes are different because we know it's an unhealthy habit, but there's other things where it's like, are you being mindful of what you're doing or are you just kind of doing it just because just like social media is a great example. It can be beneficial, but it can also just be a complete time waster too, depending on if you're using it mindfully or not. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. It it is so funny because like there is that instant gratification to it, I'm sure, where you like it feels good in the moment but Mm -hmm. like you said it's it's habitual it's like you can't even help it and you you do it unconsciously Mm -hmm. and i'll find little random things in my life are like that like when i am driving by a gas station or a convenience Mm -hmm. store i have this like impulse to go in and buy a energy drink and a protein Mm -hmm. bar and i do it all the time and now i like almost want to do it less because of that awareness factor like Mm -hmm. you said where it's like i only want this because it's a quick dopamine hit and because it is habitual and behavioral and I almost want to prove myself wrong by not doing it. So that's mm-hmm. at least how I found the awareness makes a huge difference. Yeah, I do. That's just making me want to pick up atomic habits because I follow James clear on Twitter and he's got a lot of good tweets and I follow his uh, newsletter too, that I get emailed. So I'll be excited to pick that up in the next couple yeah, of months. That and for our work week for sure. Yeah. For our work week too. Absolutely. So I'm curious based on like what we've kind of been talking about, how, how did you find it was um, like working on your book and finding time for that and having undistracted time? What was that whole process like? Because I'd like to do something similar. Like I've thought about a book that's kind of along the same lines, just like a general uh, guide for people. But it's it's so hard to find like that undisturbed time, I think, which we right. feel like we need. No, definitely. I I think the biggest thing for me with writing this book, so to give a little bit of a preface, uh, I recently started my first ever group coaching program 
called Shred and Sustain. And in setting this up, I wanted to have some kind of exclusive resources that were just for members of the group. And I decided mm -hmm. one of those would be a nutrition like PDF that kind of gave it a quick overview of flexible dieting. And I literally sat down to write that and I started writing and writing and one page turned into two, two turned into like five. And eventually I was like, there's no way I can comfortably fit this into something small and compact. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was giving people enough value to actually allow them to see substantial change or for it to be meaningful enough that I would feel comfortable putting it out. So I kind of just decided I would make it into something a little more substantial, have it be exclusively for the group. And once the group was in full swing, then do a separate launch for the Never Diet Again for the product itself, which the name didn't come to later. It was mm -hmm. originally the Anti-Dieter's Guide to Nutrition. And I think this is a little bit more of a clickbaity title, mm -hmm. but a little bit more concise. Right. But uh, yeah, so I, it, I think the hard part is sitting down in the first place to write it and finding the time to, or not even finding the time, but finding the attention and discipline to actually do that and make that the priority in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, once I could sit down and start and just start writing, I would pretty quickly get into this kind of flow state where mm -hmm. I had no problem continuing, especially because it's information that I feel confident in and is actually something I'm passionate about and I enjoy writing about and giving my take on. And so it, yeah, I would say that was the biggest thing, just making sure that I had it on my checklist. Like I knew this was a priority. I have to sit down and start. And it's like, Mm -hmm. even if I'm just setting aside a certain time block that wasn't as big of a deal it was more just that I could sit down in the first place and I could usually bang out a good amount of work in a, a pretty brief period of time mm -hmm. yeah I feel like that's a concept that's been addressed in a lot of books that I've read just the fact that like even people who consider themselves to not have that high of an attention span like that's usually the type of people that if they get focused in on one thing that they really care about, like your attention span kind of becomes like infinite. And I kind of feel that same way. Like the way that time passes when I'm doing a podcast or like I'm really into writing a blog or like reading a book that I really enjoy is completely different than when I'm doing something tedious that is more of like something I have to do. Right. Do you follow uh, or do you subscribe to Matt Diavella on YouTube? Mm -mm, I don't think I've heard that name. Matt oh my God, you would love him. Yeah. He's all about this stuff. And he actually just put out a video with, I'm blanking on the guest's name, but it, this guy was kind of like a pro on flow state and productivity. Mm -hmm. It was super interesting, all about like flow state and how your brain does literally get into the space where it just wants to keep working and it can mm -hmm. narrow in its focus and really dial out distractions mm -hmm. and produce its best work. And I... I don't know if it's quite to that caliber when I'm doing something like this, but mm -hmm. I mean, you for sure experienced it too, where you're doing something like you said that you're actually passionate about that you're interested in that mm -hmm. is challenging, but not too challenging, just kind of on the edge of your skill level and your capability where it pushes you enough to keep going and kind of produce your best effort and your best work. Yeah. That's why like another thing I've been really focused on lately is just the aspect of being really true to myself and trying to like live my most true personality. I was talking on a podcast yesterday that I recorded with a guy named Alex and uh, we were talking about personality tests and I was just kind of reflecting on like in, in this specific one, it was like there was a, a natural style and adapted style and like the difference between the two was how much you change for other people. 
And I was really proud how like in line mine were because definitely in the past, I feel like I've changed more to adjust to other people. But I feel like the only way to really get the best outcomes is to really be true to yourself as much as you can in like a non-obtrusive way, like not being a dick to people, but just like really leaning into your likes and dislikes and being honest about like how you work and who you are. And I think that falls in line with the flow too, because you got to find what you really like and what you care about and balance that out also with like we talked about, like the long-term sort of things that aren't inherently enjoyable, but are going to help you work towards your larger goals and like in that, in that journey of becoming yourself, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I love that. That was definitely pretty well said. Um, I was just, I was just watching, uh, like, have you ever heard of that Steve Jobs commencement speech from Stanford? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, well, he, he said, um, like one of those famous lines in there, it's been quoted a lot. I, it's so true. It's kind of funny you say that. Cause that's been at least something I've been trying to implement in like, like the content I put out lately on, Instagram and like I'm trying to post now on LinkedIn and it's definitely a lot more fulfilling to post things not because it's in a format that everyone else is posting it in or like you can be completely original with your content but Mm -hmm. in your effort be really um, how could I phrase this be just almost complacent with what other people are doing and so I'll Mm -hmm. try and like literally just do what feels natural what almost would stand out and would go against the current just because those are the people that end up being most successful. That's the content that stands out, the content that mm-hmm. doesn't go with what everyone else is doing. And you know, you exactly. and I, our main goals on social media and probably in life as well are, are to stand out and do something different mm-hmm. and do something meaningful. And if you are posting, you know, like nothing against people who post swipe workout videos on Instagram, but everybody does that now so mm-hmm. even i i'll do it occasionally but i'm just like it, it's almost out of convenience if i don't have something more meaningful to post i know it's like a hit of value for people but yeah just i i definitely try lately like i was saying to go out of my way to make whatever i'm posting like be really from me and mm-hmm. not be in the format or in a voice that i think is trying to align with anything specific and mm-hmm. i and definitely don't do a perfect is- job of it but but, yeah, yeah, like that's not exactly where the eyeballs go all the time. Like the eyeballs usually go towards, you know, the person with the, the most ripped physique that's showing off on Instagram. But that person probably not always, but probably doesn't have as much value to add. Um, and is probably, I mean, it's this is overgeneralizing some people, but a lot of times there's a lot of ego there. And like, look at me, and I'm very there's a, there's a balance between like being confident and happy with yourself versus being like egocentric and feeling, you know, superior to other people. Right. Uh, That's so true. And it's kind of funny. This is a very full circle conversation, Mm -hmm. but it does fall in line with that, like small actions that aren't instantly gratifying compound over time into something that eventually becomes really successful or really powerful. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it just goes to show like, if you are staying true to yourself and posting content that you do believe in and that will help people and is, truly valuable then it may not be instantly rewarding but over time it does become something Mm -hmm. that usually hopefully is more on a grand scale more powerful Mm -hmm. than a ripped shirtless guy (laughs) yeah and you just got to stick to your guns like it's just like the diet and exercise thing too i think if you don't give up on trying to find what works for you 
like you will eventually find it. Like I literally wanted the, mm, I don't even know what word I would use here. I would say like the, the physique and like the health, but that's not even necessarily it so much anymore. Like I always wanted to be like ripped and strong, but never really understood what it take. I was never in bad shape. Like I always worked out since I was like 16, but it literally took me like six years of working out to finally find the principles that really mattered and like the knowledge that was really impactful, like the stuff that you and I try to talk about. Yeah. It's, it, it is crazy how unavailable that information is, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a matter of having the information and then applying it to your life in mm-hmm. a way that isn't too extreme, but also isn't so unextreme that you don't see change. Mm-hmm. But, and it's also like, I had a conversation with somebody recently and they were like, I know what it takes to be healthy, but I just, you know, like I don't always apply it. And it's like, well, do you really know what it takes to be healthy? Like yes. I could have told you <laughs> when I was 16 that if I ate chicken and rice and broccoli for every meal and worked out, you know, five times a week that I'd be in shape, but that's just not likely for someone with an actual life. You know what I mean? Whereas right. like, the more flexible approach and looking at it like a lifestyle, like another concept I've talked about a lot is like the 80, 20 principle where mm-hmm. 80% of the time you're adhering to the, the things that are the most important and 20% of the time, you know, you're kind of letting yourself be more flexible and, you know, not necessarily fall off, but do things that aren't going to be necessarily healthy habits. It's just, it's such, it's such an intricate dance that we kind of do. And there's so much to it, more than just like the X's and O's. Right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, that it's such a common thing for somebody to say, I know, like, I know what I'm doing or like, I know. Do you? Yeah. And most of the time it's no, because it's like, if you knew what I know and could like see it the way that I'm able to see it, you Mm -hmm. would be doing it because it's so much more seamless than you probably think. And if you Mm -hmm. are in a place where you aren't seeing results and are like, I know everything, it's just not for me, then you are not being humble enough to get the results that you actually want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up here, what are a couple of the biggest highlights or things that you're either like most proud of, like would most like to mention here um, that come from your book or that you were most focused on anything like that? Ooh, that's a good question. I definitely think the main thing is taking all this information that you need to know without any extra information that you might not to know and without overcomplicating things Mm -hmm. and laying it out in a way that, for somebody who is a very beginner to fitness, to nutrition, they can absorb it and actually understand and apply it. So I, I try to do that by writing in a way that actually speaks to people and also by giving real actionable steps throughout mm-hmm. that you can take. Um, that combined with just, like I said before, not putting in any excess information that will go mm-hmm. over people's heads and won't directly contribute. So I like to think that, and I, I'm confident that, somebody who takes the knowledge in this ebook can actually put it into practice as soon as they finish reading it and see results within as short of a time frame as would be effective. Mm-hmm. And then I guess a couple other notes would be, uh, I included like an FAQ at the end for questions that aren't directly covered in the bulk of it. Uh, some extra tips and tricks, macro cheat sheet for foods that fit well mm-hmm. into each macro and that you can kind of utilize together and some additional resources. So uh, actually going back to Mike Matthews, I have a link to both his macronutrient calculator from mm-hmm. his Legion website yeah, and also really to his, good stuff on his website like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he I like couldn't not he, he has just such 
realistic info. So there's mm -hmm. a couple references to him in there and a few other people from social media that I've personally gotten a lot of value from as I've learned and that mm -hmm. I feel like we're reputable enough to include. And yeah, that's kind of For the main sure. points. I appreciate you giving me the chance to yeah. uh, promote it a bit. Yeah. I like the fact that like, to me, the most tangible thing about health and fitness, like why I love it so much personally is like, it's, it's like people aren't an equation. Like the part that's most interesting to me by far about health and fitness is just like the adherence and the application of things. Cause if we were, if we were an equation, if, you know, if people were as simple as X's and O's and like numbers on a, on a calculator, yeah, you could eat these perfectly clean meals every day and you could eat, you know, exactly what you should. But like you said, like you traveled this summer, you like to go out with your friends, get drinks sometimes, being able to factor in that into a healthy lifestyle is just like power that I don't even think you can imagine how, how, how great it is until you are able to implement that in your own life. It's so freeing and, and empowering. Right. Uh, that's very well said. There's no factor you can fit into an equation that takes into account Saturday night beers with the mm -hmm. boys or something like mm -hmm. that. For sure. Well, I just got to end with this Steve Jobs quote that I found because I love quotes and I love Steve Jobs. Yeah, this is please one do. I was trying to, I was looking for earlier. He said, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow are already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. So I love that one. And then I think at the end Beautiful. of that, I was talking about a friend with this. He says, my wish for you to these, to these graduates of Stanford, he says, my wish to you is to stay hungry and stay foolish. <laughs> There's some knowledge in that. I love that. Very beautiful way to end things. For sure. Well, all right, Max, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, go ahead and make sure to plug your Instagram, your book and stuff like that uh, when this goes out in the next week or two. But uh, I say we do this again soon, maybe not like 40 episodes in between. <laughs> Absolutely, Jake. Seriously, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure talking with you, man. You bet. Hey, it's Jake again. If this podcast provided you any value, I'd encourage you to share it with someone who you think might enjoy it. In addition, it'd really help me out a lot if you would go and subscribe or leave a review for my podcast. It's super easy. And in addition, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love for you to reach out to me by email or Instagram DM, which can both be found on my website. Thanks.